Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Welcome to the second hour of the First Day Show. We are brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. You heard them earlier today with some great help when it comes to contractor advice. Uh, Real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. I'll tell you, you'll be able to listen in case you miss that segment. Kylan puts it up online, don't you? Yes, I do. You can find all the podcasts. I'll podcast this last hour if you missed it in that conversation with Greg and Lisa. You'll get that hour and this hour if you can't stick around for the whole thing. But you can find that all on WIBC.com or your favorite Spotify, whatever, Apple. She puts it everywhere. Yeah. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can find us there. First day with Terry Stacy. Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. Tickets are still available. That race starts in just a couple of hours. It's a good time to leave right now. Matt Bear is in studio with us as we uh, we watch traffic. Hello. Yes. Yes. Uh, big race today. The Big Machine 500 Brickyard 400. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not the Brickyard 400 the, anymore. The, the Big Machine Vodka 500 race No, no. Day. It's just 200. 200. But it's How like 80 some laps. Today? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be hot. This is going to be around, around, around. miles. I know that. This is going well. How's traffic, Matthew? It's not bad. Um, it really isn't bad. You know? it's, no. it's really not. Uh, right now, 10th Street is okay. We're dealing with the regular closures you get for Speedway during the race time. You know, Georgetown 25th on south and 16th Street shut down from the roundabout past the track and Olden Avenue. And that's happening until, you know, all the foot people, the foot people start clearing out yeah. after the race. You, the know, the, 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 you know who they are. The footies. The, <laughs> the walkers. Don't we, we call, call those pedestrians? Yes. Oh, there could. we go. Yeah. The foot people. I thought I was at a podiatrist. This is why Denny Smith is yeah, here. Yeah, I need, a, I need an arch support words. here. Okay. Someone the other Thank day you. on TikTok called your toes feet fingers. So. Oh, I, I don't it could like it. Wow. I don't like it at all. Feet fingers. Fingers of the feet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you, uh, you don't forget. The Great Indiana State Fair continues today, and it's a Little Red Doors Cancer Survivor Day. Be sure to check out the magnificent Percheron and Clydesdale Draft Horse Show at the Coliseum tonight at 6.30. Today's featured farmer, it is the Carterly family. But on deck for Wednesday, Kylan, it's cornucopia, It's a cornucopia farm. And uh, it's from, these, are, these folks are from Kylan's neck of the woods. They are. You take 65 down towards Louisville, take a little break off on Indiana 56, and then there you go. You practically run into cornucopia farm. It's right down in my neck of the woods. And it is a family farm. And it's so exciting to see them featured as a farmer in the Indiana State Fair. We have the co-founder of it, of this family farm, Linda Baird, here with us to talk a little bit about cornucopia farm and its beginnings. Linda, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for being here. Will you start off just explaining how Cornucopia Farm came to be? Uh, I'll give you the short version. Uh, back when I was in 4-H, uh, 
went on a trip with my extension educator. We stopped in a little town in Illinois, and they were they were having a festival with pumpkins and cornstalks. And I was like, one of these days, uh, I would like to do that. So fast forward a lot of years, um, my husband and I got married, had a child, and we were actually living uh, in Tennessee, uh, close to my family. And when my husband was ready to move back to Indiana, I said, can we grow pumpkins if we move back to Indiana? <laughs> and so, so in 1992, um, we moved back to his family farm and uh, started growing two acres of pumpkins in 1992. So, and then uh, the name cornucopia actually means just what it says. It means uh, blessings of abundance. We feel like God has really blessed us to live here on the family farm and be able to raise our, our kids here and now a third generation of grandchildren. So. As she said, it's a generation of family farmers. If you go to their website, cornucopiafarm.com, the first picture in their little slideshow that comes up is the family behind the magic of this farm. Linda, it's an honor to be a featured farmer for the Indiana State Fair. Do you have anything else coming up with this summer? What's a day like for you with these summer days until your fall season opens up September 8th? Well, my husband said hot. Uh, that's actually what what we are in in the throes of prepping for our fall season here at the farm and kind of finishing up our summer. Uh, we also grow tomatoes uh, in a high tunnel, so we're kind of finishing up that part and really getting involved in getting our final details done for our fall season and our mum mania, which starts Labor Day weekend, where we sell, we grow about 8,000 mums um, that we retail here at the farm. And so we're getting ready for that and getting our shop uh, market uh, set up. We have a lot of fall decor. Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, we had uh, the first group of young people that are working for us this fall come in for a staff training, and we actually have another group uh, coming in later today uh, for a staff training to get them prepped and ready for the fall season. Hey, Linda, this is Denny Smith. Have you ever been approached by the pumpkin chunkers, the guys that like <laughs> to launch the pumpkins? Did, did they ever contact you? I know. I, I don't believe we've ever been contacted by them. We do a, a lot of fun things here, but we've never done pumpkin chunking. Uh, we we have a uh, we have a, a glow in the dark pumpkin hunt that's really popular. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it I I enjoy it, and we have a, a glow maze. We have a corn maze uh, here, and we do a September and October corn glow corn maze where people wear glow-in-the-dark stuff and we have special lights in the maze and uh, we play some really good music and it's just a really fun night for the people that come but it's also a fun night for staff too so we do some fun things. Agritourism is what a lot of farm families have turned to because we love going and visiting the farms and so that has been I'm sure for your family that has been um, great to continue to keep the farm alive maybe? Yeah yeah sure we we also of course grow corn and soybeans my husband likes to be sure to emphasize that we are traditional grain farmers and we also um, have a few cattle and some sheep 
so we do the traditional farming, but uh, we were looking for some alternative uh, income, partly just to uh, keep the next generation involved in in the farm uh, <clears throat> and wanting them to, you know, hopefully carry on the farm. At, and so we were looking for some. We started actually a corn maze because we wanted to sell more pumpkins because we we were selling them, but we were like, hey, if we could at wholesale, so. Maybe we could get people to come to the farm to buy our pumpkins if we had a corn maze. And so we actually started the corn maze in 1999. So this is our 25th year to do a corn maze uh, to bring people to the farm. Um, and our <clears throat> when our children were small, we said they would either love it or hate it because uh, they've been picking pumpkins as long as they've been <laughs> old enough to walk. Uh, that um, they they seem to love it. <laughs> oh, that's great, yeah. Linda. How do you make the pumpkins glow? Uh, what do you do? Do you do you paint them with something? What do you? How do you make them glow? Do you know they have glow in the dark tape? Oh, glow in the dark tape. We oh, use yeah. that in theater. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, so we put glow in the dark tape on pumpkins out in the fields, and um, and then they have numbers on them and so that's part part of the mystery and fun of it is when they get back to the pumpkin shed which is our market uh they check our our prize board and see if maybe they want a big prize it might be a farm shirt or i love it i love it we love it and we love it that you were selected to be the featured farmer for wednesday you know the uh, fairgrounds closes for the next monday and tuesday and then opens back up on wednesday you will be the featured farm family the cornucopia farm and if anybody would like to know more information about your all the events that take place where do you go cornucopiafarm.com is that it yeah, that's it and we also have a facebook page okay that our law uh, keeps up and all kinds of information on it okay plenty, awesome plenty of other events coming up i saw the sunflower experience of course you mentioned mom mania a lot going on just as any said cornucopiafarm.com and your cornucopia Facebook page is also tagged on the first day with Terry Stacy post if you want to find it as easily. Linda Linda Baird, co-founder of Cornucopia Farm. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thank you Bravo. so much. Congratulations. All right, we'll see you out there at the Great Indiana State Fair on Wednesday. It is 12:16 and this is the first day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. La, la, la. That was rude. Oh. We have to restart the song. We sure do. <laughs> no, because if we do, then we're going to take away from Matt Bear's segment. Matt Bear's still here. You hear him Monday through Friday. Traffic. Starting at what, 6? No, 6 a.m. with Tony Katz in the morning news. At Matt in traffic on 93 WIPC. There you go. Matt saw a show last night, binged a series last night called Painkiller. Starring Matthew Broderick. Broderick yeah, Matthew Broderick was in on Netflix. Mm-hmm. He absolutely has not stopped talking about it, and so, and where the just of it is, 
We should watch it. I've never, I, I shouldn't say never, but I never binge watch. I, I never do that. And I never get far enough into a season to actually stick with the show. You know, I'm always fine. So this, for it to captivate me like it did, starting Friday night and all the way through tomorrow, I finished eight episodes. I think that's some good work it's right there. I'm kind of proud of myself, you know. Especially but, for uh, not binging stuff. Yeah, really. know, right? Yeah. Um, and I joke, but the, but the message is so strong. It's so powerful. And it is so contemporary to what's going on here in Indiana as we just have come through through this methamphetamine crisis down in Scott County where we came up with the Sharing Needles program. And all this is part of this opiate crisis, that that painkiller, this documentary I watched, talked about. And, and, you know, all these different drugs that come from the poppy seed, the opiate. And and specifically in this case, with what the series is talking about, Oxycontin. You know, and and I think, I I don't want to assume anything, but all of us, it it seems like, have had somebody affected by this drug at one point or another, or, or even addiction for that matter. But Basically, Painkiller is talking about this, this family, the Sackler family in Purdue Pharma, and how they lied to the public to distribute this lethal, this lethally addictive drug, Oxycontin, and how addictive it is. Basically, what they are saying is Purdue Pharma said this isn't very addictive. Well, if you know something about Oxycontin, you know it's extremely addictive. And, and Denny and I were talking about it. I just went through a surgery back in November. And as somebody, you know, who is an alcoholic, who is in recovery, I had to go on Oxycontin. I did. I was, I've never gone out and come off it without drinking. But I was able to just do it for one week. And that's, that's remarkable because when I did come out of it, the withdrawal symptoms were absolutely unbelievable. And, and just I, what you saw in this film. And just what I saw in this film, it, it just goes to show how fast this stuff gets a hold of you and, and how it doesn't let go. And, and even when you do the 30-day rehabilitation, you go into the detox, you have to stay in the program of recovery because the relapse is so common and the relapse, the drug is so powerful. It's too good. You were telling us it that. It's too good. Oxycontin is too good. You were telling us that you related to the what was going on when they, you know, trying to get off of Oxycontin and those first signs of your legs, your feet are starting to itch. Um, yeah. And then and then you just can't take it. And so you got, and the only way that that's going to end is if you take another one, take another pill. And, and that's exactly uh, what it is. And, you know, I, I saw the actor, his name is, he's basically playing this man, just like every somebody you see in Knightstown, Indiana, or, you know, in Rochester, Indiana, where I'm from. Somebody owns um, a break shop, and he works with his wife and his kids. It's, it's a really cool family, and, and you're excited. He hurts his back. He gets accidentally stabbed. Like, I, I think it's in the kidney. And he has to go on Oxycontin. This is when it's a new drug. Nobody knows anything. The doctor who's, who's prescribing it says it's not addictive. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's this is what, what they, they were, thought when they first started. That's they what said, they yeah. were told. The doctors yeah. did exactly what the pharmacology um, experts had told them, but it was it was a lie. And uh, I've had five knee surgeries, two shoulder surgeries. After the third surgery, I woke up and I was in a lot of pain. And the doc says we can fix that. And of course, we ended up on oxycontin. We me ended up on oxycontin, and. It took care of the pain. Terry Lynn, yeah. Kylan, you cannot believe. I mean, you are mellow yellow. You you don't Amen. feel the pain. And then the pain starts to come back. Well, the solution is to grab that opaque bottle and, and take another shot. <clears throat> what I remember about the fourth knee surgery is I didn't take any pain medicine. I was not going to get back into that rat race. Because was it hard to stop taking it? It was when the prescription ran out, the temptation was to call the doc and say, you know, I still might have some pain, and it took all the discipline this Boy Scout had to just not renew it because it. I didn't go through addiction 
all I know is it felt pretty damn good. Yeah. And I was tired of the knee pain, but I when, when I got to the fourth and the fifth knee surgery, I didn't take any pain medication because it scared the crap out of me. So I did. I did not want to go through what Matt is describing. God bless you, Denny. Uh, I didn't want to go through, through all that. You know that, that is very, very hard. You and you know described. what? You're just you're just are you know you're just regular people. You listen you know, to the doctors. You listen to the experts. Through exactly. Surgeries and everything. This isn't like something that you're you know in the back alley. Denny's in the back alley looking for something. <laughs> yeah. You you're just you're our friends and our neighbors and our families and you're you're in pain and but that's an, what's what prescribed. an addict can do. An addict can make it sound like he's dying and he can get a a renewal and another renewal. And if they're really cunning, they go to a different doc and they get different renewals from different pharmacies and there was no way to track it and so pretty soon you get this overt your doctor uh, shopping yeah your doctor shopping mm-hmm. but you get this this very uh, it's an underground thing that that when you hear the stories you say yeah i can see how that happens terry kyle there was these clinics that opened up uh, before the first Slacker lawsuit, that Slacker, the owner of Purdue Pharmacy, pain who were the clinics. ones who distributed this, uh, this uh, the, the people that are under fire right now, and, and these pain clinics. All you had to do, oh man, my shoulder, <laughs> slept That's wrong, slept do. wrong. I, I feel, I feel bad yeah. today. What can you do? Here's forty milligrams of oxycontin. Go yeah. to the parking lot. Very and deceptive. Snort it and snorted that's what would happen. Wow. People would be ODing in the parking lot of these pain clinics. That's how powerful this drug was. And, you know, what Denny's talking about in the four knee surgeries, I totally feel him. I was scared to death that this Oxycontin dose I was going to take to, it was going to lead to something else. And as it shows in this, it's this painkiller documentary, what we're talking about is how they just start the withdrawal, just even after a week from a couple of pain surgeries or anything else, is just so... The agony, Matt. I did is not. Incomparable. I did not go through that. I okay. just there was okay, just after one bottle. I thought this is not good stuff, and some something's wrong. But then you listen if you read, you know the the contraindications, everything. That's all right. You know this is it's not addictive. It was a, it really was a lie, Matt. Because yeah, boy, is, is it, it gone? Is it is is is, is, is oxycontin oh, no. off oh, the market? No, it's no, still no, there. No, it's yeah. still on the market. It's Doctors are still ever. prescribing oxycontin. And it's a good drug if you can if you can moderate it and use it for two yeah. or three weeks maximum. But that's but the not ugly the... side of it is you're saying, Matt, is this family? They yeah. knew that it was going to lead to this. The, the the Sackler family, the older Sackler, I think his name was Arthur. Um, he was he was the first drug company to come in and start marketing. He was the first guy. He, he would send the, the the people out to sales reps, and they'd have these cute little pillows, and they'd bring donuts and chocolate and bagels to these doctors. They'd be like, sign me up, because they would yeah. promote it as a cure to pain. They're saying, yeah. this is better than Vicodin. They're saying, this isn't going to help you with your pain. This is a cure to pain, and it's not addictive. And that's where we are today. It's the Netflix series that is running right now. It just started, oh, and it's my. called Painkiller. And uh, and Matt says, yes, stream it. Yeah. Take a look. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm and, glad uh, you're here. Love you all. God bless. We love you. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, thanks again. Come back again and see us. It is 1130. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome 
Welcome back to the first day on 93 WIBC. Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley. The Little League World Series starts on the 16th. Bedford Little League represented Indiana in the regionals, and they lost. But we still have an Indianapolis guy headed to Williamsport. And joining us now is Greg Wright. He's one of 16 umpires selected to work this year's Little League World Series. Greg, it is so nice to meet you. Congratulations. How long have you been an umpire? Um, well, I originally started as a high school umpire in 1998 and then got out of it in 2000 when I went through a divorce. And, uh, you know, like uh, a lot of people thought, well, I need to spend more time with my kids. You know, they're the most important thing at the time. They're very little. And then uh, I met my uh, wife, Lynn, in 2001. Her girls were still in playing softball. So I ended up coaching and helping out there. And then 2003, um, we were talking to the uh, league president and, and a couple of board members. And they were talking about how they were really down on umpires and they really needed some new new umpires and stuff. And and Lynn, you know, looked at me and said, "Well, you still got your gear. Why don't you do it?" You know. So this, this is all her fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet you just couldn't turn down all the money that you get for being a little league umpire, could you? Uh, you're not going to get rich that way, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Once again, heading into Little League season, for the last few years we've been hearing, as you mentioned, it's getting harder and harder to find enough people willing to do the job. One of the reasons cited is because of Little League parents. Have you had to deal with bad behavior from parents? Yes, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. Look, you know, as a parent uh, of kids who are involved in sports, I'm that guy too. I mean, my son played football for Ron Colley, and I was sitting in the stands yelling at the referees because I thought they blew a call. It's all right to have passion for your kids and want them to do well and to want them to win. And I get that because I'm the same way, and I'm very competitive. But I will say this, you know, what, and I'm not saying all umpires, what the good ones do is a lot of work uh, behind the scenes. I do little league, I do high school, and I do college. I have to take three tests every year um, to be certified, uh, and it's all based on the rules. All right, so um, so you got those three tests. I go through clinics. I go, you know, uh, there's all kinds of things that we we go through meetings and we go over play situations and and rules and and that kind of thing. So we put a lot of time before the games even begin in doing our homework, if you will, and, and learning the practice of not only what the rule says, but how to apply the rule. And there's some gray area in the rule book. You know, there's a lot of put lines that say in the umpire's judgment. So it gets very complicated sometimes on how to apply the rules, when to apply oh, sure. the rules. Sure. And that's the finer stuff that parents don't know. A lot of them have, have may have coached their son and they may have opened up the rule book or they may have gone to coaches' meetings where they kind of went over rules and stuff like that. So they think they know it. They don't really know it. So they yell things, all kinds of things. And, and I try to treat parents as comic relief because uh, they say some really stupid things sometimes, you know, but they're parents. It's all right. <laughs> this is Greg Wright from Indianapolis, and he's headed to the Little League World Series. He was selected as an umpire. He wears the number 15 on the back of his shirt. And, Greg, have you been to the World Series before? No, never have. Um, the first time I saw Williamsport was in May when they had us out for the orientation. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of floors you. It's a, it's a uh, hair standing up on the on your arm type of moment. I was talking about band parents last week when band day was out at the state fair and and how involved they are, and and so are Little League parents. 
Well, it, it, they are, and it is a community. I mean, one of the cool things about Little League is you see these kids grow up together. You know, the, there, there's three or four kids in our neighborhood here that played with our son when they were all in Little League. My wife coached a couple of them uh, in T-ball. Uh, and you just watch them grow up. And, and some of these kids are, are seniors in high school now, and they still call my wife coach. That's yeah. the cool part about it. And the community aspect It's just like going to church. To get back to what you're talking about, it's hard to find parents to volunteer their time. Parents feel like they're so busy and they want to watch the kids that they don't, they could get the other things that go around it without volunteers running the concession stands and without volunteers yeah. working on the board uh, to set up the season. And I worked at the Southport Little League board for three years, me and my wife did. Uh, without umpires, kids don't get to play. Even high school games have been canceled because of lack of umpires. You've got to be a little bit crazy to do this, you know. Um, <laughs> it does take some money to be a baseball umpire. When, when you're a football or basketball ref, you're buying what, a whistle, a shirt, pair of pants, shoes. You're ready to go. And the uniform never changes, ever, all right? With baseball, I've got about $1,000 in my gear bag of masks, hats, shin guards, two different types of shoes, one for the bases, one for behind the plate. I've got countless jerseys of all different colors because high school requires navy blue, college requires black, summer ball is Carolina blue. I mean, it's just crazy for baseball players. And then on top of that, we got to put ourselves in the path of a 90 mile per hour projectile and expect a teenage kid to stop it. You know, so well, no wonder nobody wants to do this. Exactly. You know, it's not an easy job. And most people who are very critical of umpires have never put that mask on and seen what I saw. Now, I have a little bit of advantage because I caught when I was a, when I played baseball. I was a catcher. I've had the gear on before. I know that view of yeah. looking at the pitch and a, and the batter swinging through a pitch and, and getting foul tips and and all that stuff. So it helps. I always say catchers make the best umpires because they're already a little bit off and they've experienced that view before. Greg, what are you most looking forward to? Just the camaraderie with the umpires. I mean, really, uh, you know, I'm interested in seeing the the uh, all the international teams because that's an experience I have not experienced yet. You know, so so doing games with Cuba, Japan, you know, Puerto Rico, Panama. Uh, this is the first year Cuba's ever been to the to Williamsport. So it, there's really some neat uh, storylines there, and 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 getting to interact. With the international teams, I think, are going to be really cool because, it's, like I said, I've just never been able to experience that yet. Um, you know, so that's definitely one. But also, like I said, the uh, being with the other umpires from around the the world and just picking their brain and, and telling stories. I mean, umpires tell the best stories. And you get to be in the Little League World Series parade before the games even begin. Who's the Grand Marshal this year? The Grand Marshal this year is uh, none other than uh, Ryan Sandberg. And uh, I grew up a Cubs fan and uh, – I started out as a second baseman before they switched me to catcher. So, yeah, Rhino was my hero. And when I found out he was the Grand Marshal this year, I, that was just another topping on, on top of this huge uh, multi-layer cake uh, that we keep putting on this thing, for oh sure. Gosh. You are going to have the best time. Are you staying there through the 27th? I'll be out there for two weeks. Uh, my wife and my best friend from college and a, and a friend of ours, uh, 
are going out there for what they call championship weekend, which is the last weekend. So they'll be out there. It is going to be awesome for him. And I'm so excited for the family. Congratulations once again. Thank you. And uh, to look for him, to look for Greg, in case you're watching the Little League World World Series, he's number 15, umpire number 15, and that's on his back. Uh, This is the first day. It's 1244-93-WIBC. Yeah, I woke up feeling grateful, thankful, everything that I pray for, can't stop. I be feeling so grateful, got me feeling so grateful. It's 1249. Grateful for this day. Thinking about the folks in Hawaii, Maui, for those of you that have traveled to Hawaii or spend a little time there. It, uh, what a beautiful place Maui is in Lahaina, and uh, we just, uh, our hearts and prayers go for all of those folks there. So many that are still missing. If you'd like to help, there are multiple ways you can help through the Maui Humane Society, if you're thinking about the animals out there, but also the Maui Food Bank and the Hawaii Community Foundation. Um, also the Red Cross and our friends at Salvation Army, if there's anything you'd like to do for the folks in Maui. Uh, all right. Uh, it is Terry Stacy along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley. Track is open. Just an hour, almost well, 2.30, I guess, is what time that race starts. Tickets are still available if you'd like to head out to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I want to take just a minute because yesterday was kind of special for me. Uh, and Abdul and Julie Patterson and, and some others that were a part of an event in Hancock County in Greenfield from where I am, and it was called A Face for Radio, and multiple uh, artists came in from Indiana, Ohio, and Illinois, Kentucky, and they came to paint us with this this program called A Face for Radio, and so we sat for them. I've never done this before, uh, for I posed for six artists, and I want to thank, first of all, the Hancock County Arts Council, the Portrait Society of America regional artists, as they painted all of us Hoosier race, radio personalities, uh, Melanie Harding-Bates, Sandy Hall from Greenfield, R. Katie Reutman from Bloomington, Pamela Kidney, Simona Buna, and Mary Beth Mellon from Illinois. They were the artists that painted me me and um, maybe we'll get those posted somewhere maybe on our Facebook page for the first day but at the moment I'm just enjoying looking at did the, you feel glamorous I felt uh, tired <laughs> and I shouldn't have because I wasn't working but you just primarily sat in this spot from 10 o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon and as they painted or sketched whatever their medium was but it's just it was such an experience and I'm grateful for every one of those artists that took that time to you know I don't to think paint I little could, old me I couldn't sit there for four hours in the nude I don't know you, how you did well, it. Well, you know, it got chilly at some yeah. points, but otherwise it wasn't awful. You know, it's not what I thought nude, yeah. nude uh, posing would From be. the pictures I saw, I thought the use of the umbrella <laughs> was, was very, no very Thank you. nice. Thank you very, very much. Nice. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> my thanks to all of those folks, and they were just so good to me, and I appreciate every minute of it. Uh, who Did I forget anybody else? I, I, wait just a minute, Kylan. Let me make sure. Oh, Alice Hedden. She's the president of Hancock County Arts. Thank you. And Diana Porter, the owner of Portal Unlimited. Thank you for a great day yesterday. Uh, it's 12.52, and normally at this time, Denny Paul, Kylan presents Food News. Love my food. We're gonna start this food news with a happy National Filet Mignon Day. Ooh, yes. I like a little filet. Yeah. Denny, how do you like yours? Uh, medium. I like mine. Well done. Yeah, yeah really? No way. I do. It burns all the juices and out. I like ketchup on it. How no, like, I'm kidding. How do you like your cookies? 
Island, what have you brought us today? <laughs> wow. There's a teaser for you. We'll get to our taste testing cookies I here in just a moment. Me. Seven of our indie restaurants have been named top in Midwest by oh. Yelp. Some of them being Livery, Vida, Delicia, a lot of them. So congratulations to them for being, well, awesome. All you can eat boneless wings are coming back to... Do you hear that crackling? I'm sorry. Has... <laughs> I, I can't help it. Was it. When she put these cookies in front of me, I can't believe how awesome they are. Go ahead, and go ahead, Kylan. Yeah, all you can eat boneless wings at Applebee's if you want. I do like that. Yeah. I love them. A little bit cheaper, but I mean, you get good, good enough. All you wings. can eat. Mm-hmm. And then a little food deal for you. Insomnia Cookies are offering students and teachers a free six-pack of cookies with any $5 purchase now through September 1st. Welcome back to school. Yeah. All right. And then there have been a few different openings that we've kind of missed with everything going on. Mm -hmm. So Cafe Patichu, their newest location is now open in Zionsville. Mm -hmm. And then this latest one, they came from on the other side of the Ohio River. They started in Kentucky and they opened their first Indiana location. They've won number one best cookie shop in the USA award from USA Today. It's please and thank you cookies. We were given our thanks and thank you to them. Is that what I'm having? A please and thank you cookie? Yes, you are. P-T-Y. I get it. I get why these are the best in the world. I got a peanut butter cream cookie here that's to die for. Wow, You have three cookies that you're trying right now. You have an oatmeal cream pie, you've mentioned the peanut butter, and then an original chocolate chip cookie. I'm telling you what. Now it's the taste day. Now she brought us dirty dough couple of weeks ago and I thought that was and that was and it, I mean this is a different type of cookie it's filled to the brim with goodness Kylan I'm going to call my wife and propose that we separate so I can marry you, you <laughs> oh bring, my you god can, sorry, she Jean. keeps bringing food like this Look this is this. unbelievable hey, we're lovers of the food yep you've got your peanut butter are you trying the peanut butter I, cream pie I, I ate that one I'm going to take oh, this is the gone? oatmeal I'm going to yes. take the chocolate chip home I'm going to but the other two wow. are to die for that is so this little oatmeal cookie this oatmeal cookie sandwich cookie is similar to not even close to but it's like a little debbie oatmeal cream pie (laughs) a lot Mm -hmm. softer way better obviously and i love little debbie oatmeal cream pies but this is the real look at you with your hand on your oh my goodness how about that which one are you having the peanut butter one that you scarfed down already Oh my gosh. That's not scarfing. That's inhaling. There's a difference. (laughs) That peanut butter inhaled it. Gone. The peanut butter cream cookie is Oh my gosh. Please I was interested because when I called them originally, I was like, all right, which cookies should we try? And they're like, obviously the basic cookie, the chocolate chip cookie. Mm. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. But there's these two other ones that are enticing. Oh, and God. I am not a huge peanut butter person. I love my that's PB&Js, true. but cookies, uh, hit and miss. You know, but this is a hit. Not to show Big any hit. disrespect to Matt, Matt Hibblin, but they might want to name one of these cookies Oxycontin. I mean, oh, they are no, that no, 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 good. No, that was terrible. You can't. You you need to take oh, that. Come back. on, work with my humor here. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going well with the listeners. This <clears> is fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic. Don't talk with your mouth full. Don't talk with your mouth full. Did you have any? any? Pardon me. All of, look at you. You are talking with all of mine. Were gone. So rude. You can take part in the fun. Go up Mass Ave all the way. I mean, it's on way the very there. far side, but it's, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh especially if you're just walking goodness. around Mass Ave, take a pop in. And they have a whole bunch of coffee there as well. Lots to offer. We Thanks, are please, please and thank and, you. Yeah, we are please and thank you.com. And thank you, Kylan, for bringing us oh, out deliciousness. Hi, that's wonderful. Ladies, it's fun to Happy be here. Sunday. It's so fun to be here. Matt Bear, thank you. John Herrick, what a great day, everybody. Have Enjoy fun at it. Speedway. Have fun in the Speedway. Today's top stories are coming up next. 
on 93 WIBC. 